0: expressions with yours truly, Darlene. Motivating, encouraging, inspiring is who I am and what I do. So it is time to get up, to get moving, and to live. It's time for you to live your life. Last week, we had a wonderful guest, George W. Stewart from Birmingham, Alabama. He is the president of the American Gospel Quartet Convention uh, incorporated. Today, we have another wonderful guest. However, we will introduce her later in our show. But in the meantime, I have another inspirational note for you. And that inspirational note is about the word vision. In the Bible, in the book of Habakkuk, God told Habakkuk to write down a vision. He told him to write it on a tablet and he said for him to make the vision plain. There is a vision on the inside of you. You may say, well, what does vision mean? Vision means something that you're anticipating, something that you by faith are wanting or believing God for something on the inside that ponders and stays on your mind. So. You that vision can come to pass. But out of obedience, it's important to write it down. It's important to nurture that vision. It's important to move forward in your vision. God told Hebekah, hey, dude, write this down. Make it plain. It's going to come to pass, but he let him know: hey, it's not going to happen right away. So whatever your vision is, get a journal, a storyboard, and write it down. And when you write it down, write out the details. And when you read it, speak to it. Thank God that it's going to come to pass. Start working on it to make it happen. It's a faith journey. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But when you write it, that's the beginning of the process. You're getting it into your psyche, into your mind, and it's it's becoming absorbed in your spirit. Nehemiah, he was working for a king and his hometown, everything was a shipwreck and messed up. But God put something in him and spoke to him and told him, hey, you're the one who's got to go and and straighten things out and rebuild this city. That was a vision. It took faith for him to go back home and to do what he did. And God gave him instructions. Well, let's go to Noah and build in the ark. He, too, had to have a vision because he was given instructions, the measurements, the cubic, who was supposed to go in it. The folks didn't believe what he said because remember now that vision took a while. So, hey, it came to pass. And the other is, God had a vision. He wrote about us in a book before we were ever born. So whatever your vision is, write your vision down. Now, later in our show, we're going to have a trivia question. And that trivia question today is an easy one. At least I think it is. Who was the first Black president of South Africa? We will be back after the break. We'll answer the trivia question later in our show. But after the commercial break, we will talk about, I'll share a story with you i'll see
1: you after the break hey my beautiful butterflies i know y'all been wondering where's chrissy collins and coffee with chrissy well guess what we are back and we're stronger than ever on e-line tv that's right e-line tv.com y'all i'm so excited because on this streaming network we're going to be doing so much and with coffee with chrissy and you The sky's the limit. So make sure you go and subscribe to e-line tv.com. It's free right now, but the prices are going to go up. So we want you to come on and jump on board right now. I can't wait. Y'all meet me there and make sure you have your cup of coffee ready.
0: Welcome back after our commercial break. And you know, during this segment, I read a story to you. Again, I'm going to read from the Avail Journal published by Mr. Sam John. However, today's story that I am going to read about is the title of this story is Faith That Waits. And the person who wrote this story's name is Mike Todd. He says in 2015, when my wife, Natalie, and I were commissioned to be the lead servants, aka pastors of Transformation Church we had about 300 members faithfully attending, which was awesome. But God had the audacity to show me a bigger vision. And I was just crazy enough to believe him. One of the first crazy things I did was to write out a vision God gave me for a new building. Remember, right, right, right. We talked about that in the last segment. We had just paid off a 33,000 square foot converted grocery store in the hood of Tulsa, which was a miracle all on its own. And yet, here I was just 37 days after becoming lead pastor, typing up a list, of all I was believing God to do for our church. My confidence in God prompted me to start typing some crazy faith-filled declarations. Write declarations. This is the first thing I heard the Holy Spirit say. The Spirit Bank Event Center will be Transformation Church. I searched online, for an image of the Spiritual Bank Event Center, and then use my amateur graphic design skills to stick a Transformation Church logo on it. Below the photo, I typed, the Spiritual Bank Event Center will be Transformation Church. We will have a state-of-the-art facility. I followed it with 11 more faith expectations. The SBCEC site at the back of a huge complex that houses a variety of businesses, including salons, chiropractics, multiple restaurants, a university and a military recruiting facility. I had faith to believe that we would have relationships of influence with all the existing businesses and that the new ventures would be launched out of our church for the kingdom of God. Then I added, this someone is going to underwrite the whole thing. Before I go farther in this story, when God gives us a vision, there's uh, always instructions, and this is a faith journey that we are on. So in this story, Mike says, hey, he wrote it down. He took the skills he's called amateur, his graphic skills, and he started, basically, I'm going to say he, he made put together his storyboard. We may not understand it because faith can be, I would say, saying is crazy. I totally agree. So from his crazy faith, he made his storyboard. And so he began to write it down. He began to write declarations. So in watching your vision out of an act of faith and out of an act of of obedience, we are imitating the spirit of God. Because in the beginning, when he created us, when he created the heavens and the earth, The Bible tells us God spoke and in Psalms 139, he said that our names were written in a book before we were ever born. So there's something magical, something mystical, something supernatural about writing and also about speaking. Okay, continuing in this story, Mike says, all of this was crazy. In March 2015, when I made this list, Nat, meaning his wife, and I had officially been pastoring for one month and eight days, we didn't have any a fraction of the money we'd need for a new building. Perhaps the craziest thing of all is that I expected people to jump on my faith-fueled bandwagon even though I'd never pastored a church, never been to seminary, and certainly never purchased a building. All I had was a promise from God and assurance to trust him, because after all, everything I'd done up to that point was only because of him. And today he's saying it's still true. I could have kept the whole idea to myself, but by telling a handful of trusted people, I unlocked an even deeper level of faith. As we stepped out in crazy faith together, God showed himself faithful, continuing to provide the resources we needed to sustain us while gathering the right people to partner with the right, get the right people to partner with the vision he'd given for our future. When you begin to make those steps of faith, and there's usually small steps for some, there may be great leaps of steps for others. When you begin to get up, to get moving, and to pursue your vision, there are people that God will put in your path. And in in Mike's case, he used wisdom in terms of who he wanted to share his vision with. Sometimes some of us may not make the best choices in who we choose to share our vision with, and our repercussions may not come back at us in a positive manner, but whom, but know what God, have confidence, have faith, not in yourself, not in people, but knowing that when God speaks to you, knowing that when you walk in obedience, he keeps his promises. And the promise of God is that if we are willing, if we are obedient, then it simply means that we are going to do what? Eat the good of the land. And that eating is that we're going to enjoy. We're going to enjoy the benefits, the fruit of our labor. And even back in the story of Habakkuk, you know, Habakkuk was warned, hey, that this vision that God had put in Habakkuk's spirit, that it wasn't going to happen right away. However, he told him it's going to produce even in, in Psalm 1, it says that, hey, that we'll that like trees planted by the water and those, that fruit will come forth in its season. So whatever your vision is from this story, have that crazy faith. Write that vision down, knowing that God is going to give you the resources He'll put you in the path of the people who are going to pray for you and encourage you because there is prayer and touching and agreeing, knowing that it is all going to come to pass. So it's almost time for us to go into our interview with our beautiful anointed guest, And we're going to come back and hear from a woman of God who's got a great message for us. Her name is Jessica. That's all I'm going to share right now. But I will see you after the break. I'm looking forward to talking with Miss Jessica. back. We have a very special guest on today. She has a beautiful spirit, beautiful personality. She is definitely an anointed vessel of God. She is a co-minister, motivational speaker, author, mentor, and midwife and will help us dive in the marriage medicine subject. It is my pleasure to have Jessica Davis with us on today. Hello, Jessica. Please introduce yourself to our viewers, go ahead
1: to you, and I am so thankful for the opportunity to be a part of your show today. I am Jessica Selby Davis, um, the wife of Apostle Jonathan Davis, which we've been married 18 years this year, and uh, I am the co-pastor, the co-founder of Kingdom Seekers International Ministry of Arts, here in West Memphis, Arkansas, and I'm so thankful uh, for the opportunity to be um, his wife, be the only lady of our ministry. Um, I have one son, uh, one grandson. (laughs) I'm an author. As you stated, you said um, you pretty much summed it all up, and so I'll just leave it at that. Okay, yes, we talked about your grandson before the show and I told you, I said, oh, he's keeping you busy because he's so oh,
0: absolutely. absolutely. Being an author of numerous books, where do you pull your ideas from?
1: Um, I pull my ideas from the realm of the spirit. I'm the author that believes that my pen is prophetic and God speaks to me what he wants me to write. The messages that he gives me are messages that I believe that are in time messages or instructions or information insight that um, he wants his people to um, to use, not just to be readers, but to inspire them to um, build their faith, to inspire them, to encourage them, to release hope, um, And everything that he wants to release to them during that time that he releases the message. So I pull from Holy Spirit. I don't just write for the sake of writing because I believe that what he gives me are end time messages for his people.
0: So I would go far so far as to say even in your writing, you have a vision of what you're going to put on that paper. because when you deal with the divine, when you when we deal with the things of the Spirit, it is about having that insight. I call it that second, some may say that third eye, so to speak, yeah. of being able to write write it down. And as that pen, that anointed writer, then yes, he gives you the detail for us to read. In your book, Uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. there will be no change without discomfort. Yes. It it states your comfort zone may feel like a safe place, Mm -hmm. but it's an unproductive place. Wow. How important is it for people to grow? And understand to get comfortable with uncomfortable. Ask, okay, and will you tell us, give us an, an example of this in your career journey?
1: This is the most important thing I believe every believer needs to understand because anyone that's truly on a journey with God, he or he requires some things out of us that, you know, we sometimes have to jump back and say, God, are you serious? You know, just when, you know, I feel like, you know, I've gotten everything where right the right where I want it, or just when I'm, you know, at the place where it seems like I'm kind of, you know, meddled out. It's like he'll require something else out of us. And um, and it, it, it's kind of goes back to the story you just read, that crazy faith. You know, the Bible talks about going from faith to faith and glory to glory. And so there are so many things that God will in, require us to do that we feel sometimes that's beyond. Beyond our capability, beyond our finances, beyond, you know, uh, the people we know, beyond yeah. where we grew up, beyond where we are. And so God will require that very thing from us. And so we have to be OK with God asking of us to do something that we ordinarily wouldn't do of, on our own. And, it, and I always say this, God will never ask of something of you that he had already put in you or he would never require something of you that he had, not, he had already gone before you to prepare the way, or he had already provided that widow woman to sustain you. And so sometimes we'll hold on to where we are because we're afraid of where we're going because we don't know what it looks like. We don't know what to expect. We don't know, you know, we don't know. We And it's that uncertainty that sometimes keeps us closed off Keeps us in that box. Keeps us, um, yes. you know. We we want the next, but we can't let go of of the what we once had. Is I think Paul said, you know, forget those things which are behind us and press forward, press toward that that that, that the, the higher calling. And so it takes us getting uncomfortable, being okay. Oh my. We're saying, God, I, I don't know. It's yeah. okay to not know. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> it's okay. I know human nature says, hey, I just want to know. I want to know what it looks like. I want to know what it sounds like, what it feels like. I want to know, you know. And but the truth of the matter is there are some things that God will require from us where we just don't know. I don't know enough people, I don't have enough money, I don't know uh I've never been there before, I've never seen it before. I have I've never uh experienced it before, but God, at your word. Oh, at your word. Oh, oh,
0: my God. Okay, now before I go saying anything else, question now: Can you give us an example of one of your I don't knows? What is it that you? What was your I don't know? That thing that was uncomfortable for you? That
1: that what was your I don't know? Or that discomfort for you? Recently, I, this is this is the most. Recent. He's the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said. I want you to write 12 books in 12 months. Have mercy. Okay. I said, Father, you know, it took me five years to write the first book. It took me, you know, two years to write. He said, I want you to write 12 books in 12 months, which that means that was a book a month. This was right before the pandemic he gave me that assignment and i'm saying father do you understand how busy i am how in the world am i gonna do 12 books in 12 months and he began to speak to me again and say i wouldn't ask of something that i hadn't already placed in my you my, my. My. and and this is something he, he said, he said, you know, as prophets, as ministers of God, of God, as, uh, uh, you know, uh, leaders, we don't get to keep talking about the problem and not be the solution or the answer. So at that particular time I start. I was seeing so many marriages under attack, you know. Pastors' med, med, uh, marriages, leaders' marriages—I mean, marriages were so under attack. And Holy Spirit said, "You're gonna, you're gonna allow me to use you to write these books, Marriage Medicine, to be able to help sustain the marriages." This was even before the pandemic, and I didn't know we was getting ready to go in a pandemic where marriages was gonna have to, husband and wife was gonna have to really be sit. Together, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, we yes. weren't gonna be able to uh, hide at our jobs, or hide in the gym, or hide at, at, at you know at school, or we weren't gonna be able to do that. We was gonna actually have to be in the house together and sit together and really face some things. And Holy Spirit says, "I'm giving you something that to sustain the marriages because I I'm concerned about covenant because co- marriage covenant." Is, is my institution. And so um, it was during that time where he gave me that instruction. Not only that, right in the midst of me writing these books, my father, I contracted COVID, ended up in the hospital on oxygen. Then while in the hospital on oxygen, my father passed, so I'm unable to go to be with my family. I'm unable to, you know, be with my family. I had to battle through all of that by myself because we're in the heart of COVID at that time. So nobody was allowed in the hospitals or anything. And I hear the father say, the pandemic don't give you a pass to not be productive. Wow. Wow. So in the doing all of that the requirements of God never changed Mm, mm, mm. was it uncomfortable Absolutely. absolutely wow crazy
0: faith Woo, crazy faith I mean you are so even for me so encouraging for me in this moment so much for me and one of the things you said you know When God tells you to do something and I'm thinking back to the story where the guy trusted that he could share a vision with certain people and that was good. His choice was great. Whereas with me, even with podcasting, I'm or, like, really? And so yeah. someone tried to, with a narrow vision, try to discourage me in my decision. Yeah. But we have to know within ourselves, something you said, God puts that within us. So there's yeah. somebody out there who is listening right now. Yeah. God has put something in your spirit. That's what we're here for, for you to tell you, hey, start pressing, start pushing, start moving forward. You can do all things through Jesus Christ. I mean, this is a word to say, hey, in spite of the odds, if God said it, just obey and it will and it shall come to pass. We're going to continue about Marriage Medicine 101 from the great, I don't want want to call you, now I want to call you Pastor Jessica, oh (laughs) woman of God, but we've got to go to a commercial, and we're going to continue on this conversation after the commercial break. And we're going to dive into this conversation with Pastor Jessica, talking about marriage medicine, marriage medicine 101. My next question for you, Pastor Jessica, is this. In your bio, it states, she desires women to break out of the box of limitations and expand their horizon to pursue purpose and destiny. How do you go about teaching this valuable lesson?
1: One of the ways I go about um, teaching this dynamic is by way of the arts. You know, God spoke that to my husband and I um, to open up our ministry is the ministry of arts, and what that is, there are so many people—women in general, of course, men—but mainly, you know, women in general that are so disconnected from the gifts of God that's on the inside of them, and religion and church have just uh, kind of diluted us down to uh, diluted us down to just a, you know, just a few small. Uh, gifts that are accepted in the church and so there are so many different other uh, wells that have not been dug and so women of God have to understand that outside of us being mothers, outside of us being wives, outside of us being friends, outside of us being co-workers, be, there are some things in us that we put on the back burner to be everything for everybody else and leaving ourselves void of the thing that we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And so God is saying to us in this hour, what is that thing that I've given you that you pushed be you pushed? you know in the background you know mm-hmm. you kind of you know pushed everybody else forward you made sure everybody else was winning you you know you put you know you 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 was there for everybody else cheering everybody else on you was uh, you know sowing into everybody else you was you was gifting and you was doing all of that but in but you knew within yourself that you hadn't even tapped the surface of that thing that brings you fulfillment Okay,
0: viewers, take heed. Wisdom is being imparted. Going back to my last question. While helping women free themselves from limitations, what are some reoccurring concerns when speaking about this subject you hear from women?
1: What's the response you get from women? I don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. know what I like. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. i, I- of my life caught up in my husband, caught up in my children, caught up in, you know, my, you know, my husband, you know, pastor's wives, you know, caught up in my husband, husband's vision. And I don't even know what I like. I don't know who I am. I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm lost. I'm lost while being the hero for everybody else. And I hear it from mothers. I hear it from pastors' wives. I hear it from wives in general that they've lived their lives vicariously taking care of the children, taking care of the house. And all of those are good things. All of those are amazing things. But at the end of the day, what were you put on this earth to do? What is that thing that God looks at you and says, this is why I called you to be in the earth for such a time as this whether that's a florist whether that's a, a, a baker whether that's a singstress, whether that's a songwriter whether that's a podcast a, a, a podcast whether that's a book writer what is that thing whether that's jewelry whether it's makeup whether it's hair whether it is 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 uh, uh, uh being a being a gardener you got a green thumb that every time you put your hand to your garden or uh, grow something it grows what is it is is it motivational is it a 501 three c for young girls is it taking day- what is that thing that brings you fulfillment but bring god's god glory you gotta find that you got to get back in touch with that place in you that say, God, I don't want to leave this earth. I don't want to live my life being everything that everybody else that I did not take out the time to cultivate that thing that you put on the inside of me. Because when we stand before God, we can't answer for our husbands. We can't answer for our children. Hallelujah. We can't answer for our pastors. Hallelujah. We can't answer for our churches. We got to stand before God and he's going to ask us, what did you do with the talent I gave you? And we got to go back and dig up those talents that we buried because it didn't look popular. I didn't understand it. I didn't think I had a support. I didn't think, it, you know, I, I could do it as good as somebody else's. God said, I didn't ask you if I needed a carbon copy, I wouldn't have created you. So he's not asking us to do it like nobody else. That's right. He's not asking us to look like nobody else. He's not asking us to sound like nobody else. Oh, he just wants us to rise up and understand that there's something he's giving us that brings him glory. Oh, Pastor
0: Jessica, you don't know how you're pouring into my heart. You know, I, oh gosh, you're touching my heart on today. Because even as a single woman, even we're dealing with women who have been single all of their lives, when you said, they say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I often ask the question, you know, it's like my response has been within myself is, but you're reading your Bible. You're going to church every Sunday. Why is it that you don't know what it is that you're supposed to be doing? And one thing I am going to say is in order to know you got to stop eating from everybody's table, you got to deal with your realness within yourself. And it doesn't matter how many people open churches. It doesn't matter how many people start businesses. It doesn't matter how many people have podcast shows. It's what is God calling you to do because the design of it for you, just like he created us with all different kind of fingerprints, no one else can imitate what the creator has and put on the inside of us. And in order to get to that place, it calls for some discipline and being real with oneself and then writing that vision down and moving forward and acting on it. Oh, you're blessing my soul. Let me stay here and get to this next question because I don't know how we are with time. As mentioned, you told, you hold a lot of titles. What do you enjoy most about fusing together ministry and marriage?
1: What I enjoy most is being able to be an example of what God wants it to be. I'm a firm believer that we don't get to be public success and private failures. Amen. Amen. We don't show one picture before the people. And live another way, and I'm very passionate. Let me just stick a pin right there. I am so very passionate about. uh, I call them waiting wives. I mentor waiting wives like globally, because I walk the journey, a full spectrum journey of singleness. My first book was Getting Through the Wilderness of Singleness, where God actually walked me through a journey of singleness, and so I'm passionate very passionate even though I'm married now my husband is a reward of my my dedicated uh process to singleness so I am very passionate about that place because it's a real place and God he will reward you if you go through your process properly amen amen
0: with your marriage medicine books Where did the idea come from with that series? I think you may have told us that, but where did that idea come from? Yes,
1: during the time Holy Spirit spoke the assignment to me, I asked the father, what is it that you want me to release? And he spoke to me in my prayer time and said, I want you to release marriage medicine. And I said, God, what what does that look like? He said, You just write and I'll speak. And he began to, speak every so it's. 12 volumes, different volumes of different messages that he gave me month by month. He said, I want you to release this this month. I want you to release this this month. I mean, 12 volumes. He Every month, soon as I get one out, good. He was already speaking to me what he wanted me. And this was insight into marriages, not just marriages, but those who are wanting to be married. This is insight, instructions, information. I mean, all kind of uh, scriptural based um, information that he wanted me to release to just help, help, um, um, this is what he gave me to help strengthen the marriage. Okay. 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 Mm
0: -hmm. You know, one of the things for viewers that you are hearing her say, God, when we say God speaks to us, we're not talking about in that audible voice. There's something on the inside of each one of us. That -hmm. the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. Jesus said, Mm -hmm. I go away so I can send the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And so when you get quiet and listen to that into voice speak to you, which it should be the spirit of God, then that's how we know to move forward in the things of God to fulfill purpose and destiny in our lives. Absolutely. In your Absolutely. Book, amen. In your book, the way you make me feel intimacy with God and my God-given mate, what are some misconceptions that people have with intimacy and ministry?
1: <laughs> One of the misconceptions is that we try to separate the two. And I tell um, people all the time that you, you know, it's parallel. You know, your relationship is like, you know, it's like the cross, not just in a your relationship with your mate, but in relationships, period. If your relationship with God is off, then your relationship in every other area at uh, uh, night will be off. And I've found that to be true. You know, when, you're, when your prayer life is off, you know, which is your communication between Christ, nine times out of ten, you have an issue with communicating in, in relationships. If your um you know, if your worship is off nine times out of 10, you have, because it takes, worship requires vulnerability. And so if you're, if you're a worshiper, then nine times out of 10, your vulnerability with your mate or in relationships are not, you know, are not as uh, bad as others that is not as vulnerable. So it's parallel, it's parallel. So we like to try to separate the spirit from the uh, the supernatural from the natural, but it's first supernatural, then natural. So whatever happens in the supernatural, whatever you're uh, out, whatever you experience in a natural is a, is a um, direct depiction of what's happening in the supernatural. So I think that's my, um, that's, 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 I hope that answered the question. Oh, you definitely, definitely
0: answered the question. And I want to say to you, you. I want to call you Pastor Jessica. Our guest today has been Pastor Jessica Selby Davis from Arkansas. I want to say Memphis, Tennessee, because you're so close. She has been talking to us about Marriage Medicine 101 and truly some wisdom, some insight and
1: Jessica, I want to say thank you so, so much for being with us on today. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was a plump piece and pleasure to be a part of the show today. If you would like to purchase any of my books, please feel free to go to Amazon.com, Lulu.com, Barnes & Noble, any of your favorite online bookstores, and you can get those books. Any of my books, getting Through the Wilderness of Singleness, um, Intimacy, The Way You Make Me Feel, Uncomfortable, all 12 volumes of Marriage Medicine. And my very, very first children's book I now have, I Am, My Little Book of Promises. So I'm telling you, if you want to visit us, if you're in the West Memphis area, Memphis area, any parts of of, of this area, Please feel free to join us at Kingdom Seekers International Ministry of, Ministries of Arts, 1750 East Broadway, West Memphis, Arkansas. Or you can look us up on the World Wide Web. Mm-hmm. Look us up. We're on Facebook. We're live every Sunday at 12 noon. Kingdom Seekers International Ministry of Arts.
0: I'm hoping sometimes in the near future that you'll be able to come and share with us again. And viewers, I will don't go anywhere. We'll be back after the break with the African Connection.
1: Love, Yana. Uh, transitional housing is about to uh, take place and acquire their first home. So we're on the journey right now looking for, you know, the home that we're gonna actually choose. I am Keontae Webster, Empowerment for the Powerless. I am from Florida, Mississippi.
0: Hello everyone, welcome back. We are in our final segment and you know it is time for the African connection. The African connection segment is about culture, origins of faith, government, education, politics. And I love the African connection because it is the beginning of humanity. It is the beginning of our origin. From our African connection today, we are going to talk about a great man who made great contribution in history and his name is Nelson Mandela. Nelson Rolilaha Mandela was born in a village, in the Transkei on the 18th of July, 1918, Nelson Mandela was married three times, different times, and he had a total of six children. In this journey, he faced many obstacles. He was imprisoned in 1964 to 1990 which was a total of 27 years. And he has, Mr. Mandela has many favorite quotes. However, during his time in prison, or one of his favorite, I won't say he was in prison, I don't know when he said this quote. However, he says, as I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. And what he's saying in his mind, he had to set himself free in order to move forward in his next destination. And while he was in prison, it goes back to vision. He began writing his autobiography. However, it wasn't published until years later. And you and I, years later, are being able to hear and to read about his um, autobiography. He spent a lot of time reading and writing. No matter where you are in life, know that there's something that you, there's a vision in you that you can start making happen. Mr. Mandela fought against racial oppression in South Africa. He became the first black president of South Africa. He won the Nobel Peace Prize and he served as president from 1994 to 1999. Isn't it amazing that he was able to, after 27 years of being in prison, that the assignment that God had placed in him, that he would become the president of a nation and fight for the justice of God's people. He fought against apartheid in South Africa. And another one of his famous quotes that I like is, the greatest glory in living life is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. And I mentioned this quote on last week because it's important to note, hey, you're going to fall. You're going to have some obstacles but you have the power to get up from it. Nelson Mandela long walked to freedom. He started writing this book while he was in prison. He said, freedom can never be taken for granted. Each generation must safeguard it and extend it. Your parents and elders sacrifice church, sacrifice much so that you should have freedom without suffering what they did. Use this precious right to ensure that the darkness of the past never returns. Nelson Mandela's life was from July 18th to 1918 to December the 5th, 2013. On next week, first, before we get to next week, I'm moving ahead of myself. The trivial question for today is, who was the first black president of South Africa? A, Bishop Desmond Tutu, B, Nelson Mandela, C, FWD clerk, or D, none of the above. And I think everybody has the answer to this one. The trivia answer for today is Nelson Mandela. Bishop Archbishop Desmond Tutu, one of his favorite quotes is, some of us might look like accidents But I mean, none of us is in fact an accident. We'll talk more about Bishop Desmond Tutu on next week's segment. We have had a great show on today. You've heard a great guest, Pastor Jessica Davis. And she talked about Marriage Medicine 101. We also talked a lot about vision on today. However, I want to remind our guests to please visit my website at yuexpressions.com. I want to hear from you, I would like to share your stories as well. And also to see any of our shows, go to e-line tv.com. Our podcast shows are also on other platforms such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple. Again, to watch or view any of our shows, listen to any of our shows, go to iHeartRadio, Apple, and Spotify. I have really had a great time with you all on today. I hope that you all have had a wonderful time. And you know what I'm going to say before I leave is for you to get up, to get moving, and to live. It's time for you to live your life. Thank you, viewers, for watching our show.